are now tuning into But What If I Soar podcast. With your host, Dominique, licensed professional counselor and certified clinical trauma professional and owner of Free to Be Counseling Service and Deveron, licensed social worker and certified life coach and owner of Social MacGyver. The thought-provoking podcast that explores the complexity of mental health through a lens that does not require a prescription. We will explore a wide range of topics with engaging discussions and personal anecdotes that provides a realistic outlook while actively engaging in our own self-discoveries. Let's get ready to soar together. That's a, a good, that's a good feeling, you know, because um, people are in partnerships and in relationships and they need to not be. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, seriously. I mean, no. you know, so to be giving of your time and your space and it be with somebody who you feel like fits you well and you just get each other. I mean, like there's nothing more beautiful than that, you know? So I'm, um, I'm glad for the, I'm, I, and, and, and I know that, you know, when people get married, they have no idea what they're getting into. At all. <laughs> they have At no all. idea, you know, you have no idea what you're really getting into for real. So to be at 10 years and to feel like, no, we made the right decision. Like that feels good. I'm sure that feels good. It does. It does. It does. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. Ooh, so (laughs) (laughs) I think for me, what unconditional love means is like wanting and actively helping your partner pursue the things that they want, even if it doesn't include you. And I say that because it's always been like important for um, me that me and my husband both have, you know, lives outside of each other, right? You know, wearing the motherhood hat, the fatherhood hat, you know, pursuing your own professional endeavors, being a friend, um, you know, being a sibling, like all those, those hats are, it's a lot to manage. And you know, I'm often, you know, I've made it very clear to him, like, you know, it is important for me that we both have those things, that we need to have those things. Um, I also think, though, that unconditional love also is like saying the thing that needs to be said mm-hmm. in a way that isn't brutal, in a way that is with care, right? I think that sometimes um, we definitely think that like being brutally honest, you know, is like, you know, you being real. And it's like when you love someone and you care for someone and you love someone unconditionally, you want to be honest with them, but you want to do it in a way that is that they're able to receive the message, right? If you truly want the message to be received, being brutal about it is not going to get you there, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure that I've always done that, right? I'm not sure that I've always been able to get the message across in a way that is with care and with, with love. Right. Um, and so I think, you know, when you're exploring, you know, your romantic relationship, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely important that, um, and it's definitely been important for me, you know, that, you know, my husband has that he, you know, has opportunities to, you know, that we have opportunities to exist together where we, you know, share, 
um, you know, our experiences fully and that we can like really capitalize off of those moments and those memories. But I'm also like super excited when he gets to engage in something that is just for him. That is just mm-hmm. his thing. And I'm like, tell me why, like, was it fun? Like, what'd you do? Like, you know, how did it feel? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm so excited when he gets to have that because I just think that, you know, we definitely always talk about the mothers and how mothers lose themselves. And I'm, I'm not saying that, that fathers don't, I think socially fathers are not left with the same task of like being a parent, right? That, that, we tend to like believe that women were just born to be nurturers and women were just born to like be good parents. And it's just not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think that sometimes it's easy for fathers to lose themselves too. It's easy for fathers to like get so, you know, and, and I will say this because like the kind of father that my husband is, like he is a hands-on dad, but that's what he learned. That's what he got the witness growing up, you know, that while his dad worked and his dad was, you know, a professional, his dad was also like a family man. He was like, you know, he tells me stories about how like he like always waited for like his dad to get home from work, like him and Mercy. Mm-hmm. And they would like like pounce on him immediately. <laughs> like as soon as he got in the door, like, because they just wanted, they wanted him. Right. Mm-hmm. And so for me, because I know that's the kind of dad he is, you know, there have been times when he has said like, you know, when say, well, like, you know, wants to go to the playground, I'm tired. I like, I just do it because that's like, that's the kind of dad that I had. Like, you know, my mm-hmm. dad would, you know, rain or shine, no matter what, like he was making sure that he spent time with us, you know? And so it's really important for me that like, you know, you get to have, you know, that life outside of us. And to me, that's what unconditional love is. But I also think that, um, I think that because like it's so much pressure to be the sole provider and producer of your person's happiness, right? Mm-hmm. And that I'm not I'm not powerful enough and strong enough to be able to like add so much to his happiness and like he deserves to engage in other experiences that pour into that happiness, that kind of give him the happiness that he desires. Um, now I'm not saying that you should forego your boundaries to support somebody and support the things that they want, right? Because I could see this being twisted into to being like, oh, whatever your partner wants, you need to be, you know, no, yeah. I'm not saying that you need to be out here, you know, you know, ignoring the things that your your non-negotiables, right? Because at the end of the day, like there is still a limit, right? Yeah. But I do think that part of unconditional love is exploring how you are showing up as a partner and for your partner, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And how are you reflecting on your ability to be a better partner in that Mm -hmm. relationship? And I'm not sure that I have always been able and, and been able and willing to do that. And I think much of that has been because of like perfectionism, right? Because, you know, when you have to own that, like, you know, maybe I haven't been loving this person unconditionally. It, it, if you're somebody who struggles with perfectionism, you know, it's like that self-criticism, it's hard to like reframe that as like, not a a moment of criticism, but a moment or an opportunity to grow. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And for a long time, I really struggled to, to own moments where I wasn't showing up that way, where I wasn't really showing up, you know, um, in a way that really promoted like unconditional love. And so, um, 
what I will say about me now is that I am, you know, I'm really, you know, committed to that. I'm really committed to like, you know, ignoring the the part of me that feels like that's criticism and really embracing the part of me that believes that it's just a, a moment for me to improve, um, you know, the person that I'm really trying to be, you know what I mean, to my relationship, you know? And so, you know, again, I'm not sure that I've always been able to like, you know, actively say like, I want to help you get the things that you want out of life, even if that doesn't include me, because again, you don't know what's going to happen. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I hope that like, this is the person that I'm really, truly going to spend the rest of my life with. Like, I really hope that that's the case. And I believe that that's the case, but again, you never know what, what happens. And so I still want those things for my spouse. I want him to be able to have a life where it's, it's, that he's lived a full life. And it's not just because he's been married to me. Like, I mean, I know I'm great, but (laughs) I know that like, you know, we deserve to have a life that is full and it's not fair or feasible for me to be the person that's like adding to your life in all of those ways. I'm just, I just don't have those superpowers. You know what I mean? And life is just so, it's so meaningful. And I just want him to be able to have all of what life has to offer. You know what I mean? And so for me, that's what unconditional love is. I agree. Yeah, I I definitely agree. And I think that that's important though. Like, you know, although you want to be adding to your partner's, you know, life, um, you also want your partner to be adding to their own life, right? Like we are in charge of our own happiness. And, Mm -hmm. you know, although we very care about our partners, we love our partners and we want to be with them, you know, for, the rest of our lives. Again, like you said, we never know what is going on. And, you know, I also want to feel like my partner can come to me and we can have dialogue around if they aren't happy um, and, mm-hmm. and how we get True. there. Because, you know, I love yeah. my partner enough to to want to figure that out. Right. And, mm-hmm. and the same thing I wanted to be reflective on me as well. Like I want my partner to love me enough to have that those tough discussions because there's going to be times where we're hitting it, you know, out the park and then times where we need to go back and do some work. And, you know, yeah, if you're willing and open to doing personal work, I think that that's also part of unconditional love, right? Is having unconditional mm-hmm. love for yourself can then pour in and open that door to having unconditional love with your spouse. And, and having unconditional love for someone doesn't mean that you are, you know, a doormat. Doesn't mean that you, you know, don't yeah. have boundaries, you know, healthy boundaries. Mm-hmm. That is a part of unconditional love. But it is is loving someone and saying, like, you're imperfect, I'm imperfect. We're walking through and we're growing, you know, because we bring so many different experiences and, you know, just paths that we're bringing into the relationship. We were someone before we got into the relationship. And I think that that's important. Mm -hmm. People often forget that. And now we are bringing two individuals together and they have to figure out how they coexist. How do we then merge those two paths into one and what that's going to look like. And I can't sit there and say like, I'm being 
like your bags that you're bringing into this new path are invisible to me in the same way you can't do that. It's just not fair. So I think like that's unconditional love is to be accepting of those prior bags and being like, let's figure out like, do we need to like repack this bag together? Like, do we need Mm -hmm. to do a carry on or are we checking this? Like, (laughs) like, which one do we need to do? I think like having that dialogue is so important to continue healing and growing within your relationship. And, you Mm -hmm. know, just the ebbs and flows like i said you know in our relationship we've had a lot of tests (laughs) a Mm -hmm. lot of tests that have tested us individually and personally but also as a couple and you know Mm -hmm. it's that's unconditional love is is wanting to see the other person happy but also admitting Mm -hmm. that there's limitations to just how much you can be in control of their happiness. And honestly, like you, I don't want to be in control. That's too much power. That is too much yeah. of a burden to like, I don't want to jump through hoops for anybody. Like mm-hmm. it's hard enough being exactly. in control of my own happiness. I don't want to add nobody right. else to the, to the low. <laughs> right. Like for real. Yeah. <laughs> for real. <laughs> Life is already hard enough. I don't want the, the, I don't want to say burden, but I don't want the like responsibility of, of being the person who's like responsible for your happiness. Like, I don't, I don't want that. And I've, you know, and, 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 you know, you will hear older people say stuff like that. And I'm like, that ain't the kind of marriage that I want. No, You know, I don't want that. I don't want that burden. I don't want that responsibility. I don't want, I want, I want. I really believe that like marriage is truly what you two people decide you want that that marriage for that. you to be. I was just <laughs> you know, about I mean, to I, say that. <laughs> yeah. I think too many times we are mimicking what we saw in our house or what we saw on TV or what you know mm-hmm. what, what people say it should be. And it's truly about what are you two, what do you two want? And how are you two going to create that thing? You know what I mean? Exactly. Whatever that thing is, you know, and there's no right or wrong way to, to do that. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like you have to both be committed to like what you're choosing, you know? So yes. both have equal parts and decide <laughs> what works for you works for you guys. It doesn't matter if it doesn't make sense to anyone else. Like I said, if you're not yeah. harming, you know, kids, animals, other people, right. like, do Love you. it for you. To keep on, <laughs> right. you know, because right. at the end of the day, you guys are the ones who have to live with your choices and decisions. And you know, mm-hmm. other people's relationships is not my relationships. And absolutely, you know, yeah, I think absolutely. that's important. So mm-hmm. we're gonna go off of the next question. Um, explore the idea of growth within a partnership. How have you and your partner evolved together? And how has your relationship adapted to those changes? Hmm. Well, growth is great to me, right? Um, I, I think it's great because, you know, obviously the person that I was 12 years ago when I met my husband is not the person. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> I'm not the person that I was 12 years ago. Uh, you know, and you know, I think, and I think growth happens at every stage of, of your relationship. Right. Um, and it's different. I, I think growth has been different for the both of us. 
Um, you know, we went from enjoying moments of like being, it just being the two of us and being able to travel and do all the things that we want to do to getting, you know, you know, getting engaged and like that, you know, part of our relationship and, you know, getting married and then relocating and then deciding to have our son. Um, I definitely think that there was so much growth in that. Um, I will say, um, you know, not only is growth good in terms of like just the things you're able to accomplish, but like growth in mentality and growth in mindset. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, I definitely think that the both of us have, have grown in mentality and in mindset. Um, I know that the biggest challenge for me or the biggest moments of change for me came when we had our son. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think, I lived my life and I mentioned this earlier, but I lived my life very low maintenance, right? Not um, expecting much from people, not asking much of people, um, you know, being a low maintenance friend and partner and daughter and sister, like just, just, you know, and what that meant to me was like, I don't require much, you know what I mean? I don't need much. I'm good. You know what I mean? And I'm also willing and able to be available to everybody else and to manage everybody else's needs and wants, right? Um, and make those things a priority, but not make my wants and my needs a priority. And I think much of that was just, again, going back to just being a people pleaser and not not having an understanding of what it truly means to um, know yourself and know what you want and know what you desire and know what you you need. And the the, the second half of that, though, is like being able to express that to people. And I think my biggest fear was always like, am I, are my wants and my needs and my desires going to be seen as too much? Are they going to be seen as unrealistic? Are they going to be seen as, um, you know, is it going to be something that people are not going to be willing to, um, to do? Because the, the, the thing is, and what I've always been afraid of is, like, and this goes back to my abandonment and rejection issues is like, when you put that out there and people decide they don't want to do it, then what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, you got to either be willing to bust a move or, or what, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think that's always been my biggest fear is like, if I put these things out here, you know, what, and, and are, do people, are people going to love me enough or want me around enough to say, okay, this may not be what I want to do, but this person is valuable to me. This person is, you know, meaningful to me. And it's not that I never thought that I was valuable or meaningful, but I do think that when you struggle with, when you have a history of abandonment and rejection, that is, that is, that is what you subconsciously, that is the fear. That is the reason why you don't, you know, you want, you don't want to share those things with people. That Mm -hmm. is why, because you know what I mean? If people decide to leave, then, then it's like, okay, well, you know, I was right. You know what I mean? I'm not valuable. I'm not, you know what I mean? I, I'm not lovable. I'm not, you know, I don't have, I don't, I don't have what it takes for people to stick around, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, I will say that um, the challenge, though, that I had to realize was that I was the biggest culprit of that. You know what I mean? I was the biggest culprit of not, you know, valuing my own wants and my own needs, right? That I was wanting other people to to value me and to, you know, value my needs and value the things that I desire. But I was I was ignoring 
those same things that I wanted. I was, I was ignoring them by not speaking them to people, but I was ignoring them by not speaking them to myself. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And people treat you the way you treat you. You know what I mean? And if you're ignoring that, and I don't know what it was about having my son, but there was just something about having him that was like, something has to change. Like you have to, something has to change. You know what I mean? You can't keep living like this, you know? And so, um, I remember, you know, believing that like, you know, once we had my son, like, again, things change, right? You know, your body is no longer yours, you're breastfeeding, the kid is biting on your titty. Like it's just, it's a lot. (laughs) And I realized that like, it was, you know, nothing can prepare you for having a kid, right? Not mm-hmm. nothing. Like the nurses can't prepare you for the breastfeeding. Your mom can't prepare you for the sleepless night. Like you, nothing can prepare you for that. Mm-hmm. And what I will say is it, I think what it taught me was um, you can't keep going through life um, being low maintenance because you actually do need support. You actually do need people to know how you feel. You actually do need people to be able to show up for you. You know what I mean? And if you are so more committed to going it alone <laughs> and like figuring it the fuck out without telling people, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna crash and burn. You know what I mean? And it reminds me of this, uh, I've, I've seen this, clip of Brene Brown talking about this very thing, like about like, you know, people not showing up for themselves and people going it alone. And like this quote unquote midlife crisis that people go through when it's not really a midlife crisis is like, it is, you know, a shock to your system. That's like telling you like, you about to fucking crash. Like you can't, you cannot keep doing this. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so I remember like saying to my husband when when Savon was like nine months that like, you know, we have to be intentional and we have to be, you know, willing to like, you know, figure out how we're going to balance being parents and, and, and having him, you know, and to his credit, he was always like, it's not going to be a problem because again, he's the kind of person, he doesn't overthink it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, it's not going to be an issue because I'm not going to let it be an issue because that's not what I want. And and while I believe him and I believe that he never wanted that to be our situation, I'm a firm believer that if you don't make those things intentional, it will happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And not because you want it to, but because that's just how life operates. You know what I mean? That you, you got work. I got work. We got to get him from point A to point B. We got our own other stuff going on. And it's very easy to not, you know, continue to water your relationship. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, you know, he definitely wanted things to be fine. And I know he wanted things to be fine, but I just wanted to make sure that we prioritized it. So, you know, in terms of our growth, I think that we've, we've done really good at just being intentional. Right. So when it's time for, there are some parents who are like, you know, they, they get really freaked out when they're, you know, to leave their kid anywhere or like to have those moments. And I'm like, no, he going to go. We going to have a good time. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I don't even, and, and, and not no judgment. Cause I get it. I get that. Like it's, it's, you know, depending on every kid is different, you know what I mean? And 
So that is definitely going to, to challenge you in terms of like your creativity and your strategy around, you know, keeping, keeping your commitment to your relationship. Um, and like I said, like, while I think my, my husband was always committed to that, again, that's where I am like, good. I am good at saying, okay, we need to be intentional. So I know you want this, but like, how are we going to do it? Because, <laughs> you know, wanting something is not enough, you know what yeah. I mean? And so I think that, you know, I've definitely probably taken the lead in terms of like, um, making sure that we, um, you know, just, just putting that out there, you know, they put it out there that like, I'm not saying that you, that, that this is going to happen, but I just want us to stay ahead of it. You know, that's, that's the planner in me, right. To stay ahead of what could happen. Um, and so I think that's, that's what it's, it's, that's what I think what we've evolved into, right. Is like having this family, mm-hmm. having our son, having our own life. But like, one of the things that he's taught me is like, that is more important than a job that any, I think I might've said this in one of our other podcast episodes that like, he's always been like a job. Like, I don't <laughs> care about that. Like I want to be, I want to be at home with my family, with my son, with you, with, I want to kick it with, with our friends. Like mm-hmm. that is like what drives him. And I think I wasn't always like that. I was always like this, like, you know, my, prof- my profession is important and not that my family was not, but you know, you, you, you get comfortable with like thinking and believing that those people are going to always be there. And that's just not the case, you know? Yeah. And so, um, how we've grown is like prioritizing those things and making sure that we're prioritizing our, our relationship. So what about you? I would say like, you know, me and my husband have grown, um, you know, individually and we've grown together. Um, you know, like I said before, when me and my husband first got together, he was not someone who would talk about his feelings. Um, and I'm someone who, like I said, if there's an elephant in the room, we ain't walking around and acting like there ain't no elephant. I'm be like, there's a damn elephant in the room. Like, you don't see the elephant? It does not belong here. So, like, let's figure out how we get it out, right? Um, and so, obviously, those are two different approaches to how you deal with conflict, right? How you deal with issues. And mm-hmm. so, where I was very direct, he was not. And um, I'm also someone who's very goal-oriented, and he is too, but I'm also someone who's like, you make a plan, you figure it out. Like, if there's not a door, I'm building good. a door. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm someone who... I don't accept no's. Like if I, if my mind is made up, if I want something, I'm going after it and I'm going to see it through, you know, no matter what that path looks like. And, um, you know, my husband was someone who he is, you know, very determined, but he also was like, you know, if life is good, life is going good. I'm not over here trying to make, you know, ruffles and, you know, cause Mm -hmm. anything like he likes things that are like, concrete and you know a routine and i'm more so like let's shake it up if it ain't you know i like to tell them all the time like even with our furniture like to move things around just to make it fun (laughs) you know like Mm -hmm. that's just me um yeah so i think like we had to grow to understand where each other was coming from what personal experiences we had prior to our relationship and then how we could make that make sense within our relationship um yeah you know, I am someone who I have my core group of friends and, you know, my core people that I am very invested in. 
And I'm not like someone who's just open to everyone. Like I, that's just not me. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm friendly, mm-hmm. like you know, but um, I'm just not someone who's going to tell you my deep dark secret if you're not someone who I feel like is in my close knit circle. Um, yeah, my husband, he's like that too, but he gives off the illusion of being like that. He's cool with everybody, and mm-hmm. you know everybody feels like you know he's he's just this nice guy, and he doesn't say anything. He's like a man of little words, and I'm just like that is not who he is, like <laughs> at all, you know. And he's and sometimes you know fooled completely (laughs) but you know even trying to learn through that of you know because I'm so outspoken with things and he's not or he wasn't um people viewing us differently you know viewing him Mm -hmm. like the nicer one and and me as the more combative one And, and so you know having to find that balance of wanting him to speak up more and him wanting me to speak less. <laughs> mm, right. And wanting yeah. me to, you know, get a better um, control over my um, emotions, you know, um, when you, again, I know we talk about trauma a lot, but I think that it's really important because it paints a full picture of individuals. Mm-hmm. And when yeah. you have, you know, prior trauma experiences, I am a fighter, you know, I'm used to having to fight for myself. And so mm-hmm. sometimes what would happen is that the inner child Deveron would be responding to or responsive to situations that really did not cause for her to be present, nor have a <laughs> mouth or, or something to say. Um, right. And not really handling things the proper way, you know, she's mm-hmm. going to go from one to a thousand. And sometimes yeah. it's like, we were at a 10, like, why are you right. at a thousand? Right. So <laughs> right. I think like, that's also something that we had to learn about each other is, you know, my husband, he responds, but he normally responds in a calming way. Like you're not, it takes a lot to get him to be out of his element and, you know, yeah. to respond in a way that you'd be like, what the heck? It didn't mm-hmm. used to take me long to respond in that manner. Like, you know, I was, I was with the shit, <laughs> you know, whether it be <laughs> with my sisters, my mom, you know, my mouth was reckless. Like I said, the inner child Devron would often show up and I would just let her loose and show up and Mercy, show out girl. And Mercy would be over there like, you, did you really have to say that? Like, <laughs> Did you really have to take it there? Like, I, I understand right. you're frustrated, but did you really have to go, you know, did you have to clear the board? So I think like us learning each other of what we were bringing to the relationship prior, why we reacted to certain things, you know, what other people, like what each other's triggers are, um, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things he learned quickly about me was my tolerance level. You know, I have mm-hmm. different tolerance levels and, you know, mercy is very family oriented. I'm family oriented, but in a different way, I have boundaries and not saying he doesn't have boundaries, but like for my family with the chaos, you got to mm-hmm. have like even more strict boundaries. Like I would have you a did. time limit that I could be around my family without them having the inner child Devron come up and say hello. Mm-hmm, so I would have right. to know like 
we get to that point where I, she's knocking on the door and I don't think I'm have to like open it in the moment. She might just come through. So like mm-hmm. we had to learn that about each other. Like, you know, why are you so, and he used to tell me like, why are you so quick to react to your sisters mm-hmm. or your mom? And so I think like growing in that and growing of, we had these prior experiences before we got together who did those, how did those prior experiences impact us? Um, who are we fully, you know, um, what are parts of ourselves that we want to change and address? What's parts of us that are not really aligning with where we see where we're at right now and where we see we're going. Um, yeah. and I think like that was really important and it was really important for us to do the work. You know, we, mm-hmm. we've, been to a couples counseling was one of the things that, you know, I definitely recommend, especially after my mom passed and then us becoming parents and, you know, just all the different changes that happened in our lives. And I think that that really helped us to continue to be reflective of the changes within us, but also Mm -hmm. being reflective of like, you know, we are still walking down a path like and and there are going to be hurdles there are going to be challenges there are things that we can't even predict will take place and like mm-hmm. we have to continuously check in with each other and check in with ourselves to see how we are feeling how we're dealing with it and then just continue to do the work like i think one of the biggest illusions that so many people convince themselves into believing is that once you get married like you guys are married and like you together. And it's like, it's so no, silly. like that's just another chapter in your book of being together. Like you guys have to constantly do the work. And as soon as you become complacent is when disaster strikes. And that's when you, you know, could be hit with something that could literally dissolve your relationship because you guys yeah. became complacent and you didn't realize that before you were a partner, you are an individual and like you have to be mm-hmm. feeding yourself while also feeding your partnership and growing together. And that's something that I think we constantly are reflective of, of feeding ourselves and then feeding our relationship. And my husband knows I'm very goal oriented. I literally will come up with the plan. I'm kind of like herb in that sense. I mean, I'm still a planner, but I would literally be like, you know, Mercy, this, I was going down a rabbit hole the other day and I thought that this and might this be a good I idea. It. And you know, <laughs> right. what do you think about this? And he'd be looking at me like, why were you even thinking about that? But hmm, maybe we could like, I don't know. I'm kind of okay with that. So like, I just think like, it's just constantly like being reflective of where you're at, being reflective of the road that you have taken prior to getting to that place. And then Mm -hmm. just like figuring out how does this look for us? So how does it look individually Mm -hmm. for us? And then how does it look for us as a couple? And I think like that's, that is changed and important. And the other thing is, is like growth is so important. Like I want to be growing daily. Um, mm-hmm. and I want to grow individually, but I also want to grow with my, my partner. I want him to grow, mm-hmm. you know, I right. want to know what your goals and your dreams are. And I want to figure out how we can get you to those goals and dreams, you know, mm-hmm. the same way that he's supportive of me, I'm supportive of him, you know, right. whatever he wants. And we, you know, we teach that to the kids too. If you tell us that you want to do something, 
we're going to let you know what that path is going to look like. And you're going to start taking action to make it happen. So Mm -hmm. I just feel like growth is so important for everyone. If you're not growing, you're not living. Right. And absolutely. And you definitely want to do that. And I feel like that's something that is reflective in our relationship and something that works for us. It's like, Focusing individually, but also bringing that together and merging it into who we are as a couple. And like you said, Mm -hmm. I'm really realistic. And so is he that we're individuals before we are partners. And, you know, I want him to grow and and do his own internal work. And he wants me to do the same way, because if I'm not feeding myself, I'm not going to be a great partner for him. If I'm not happy Mm -hmm. with myself in the same way, like mercy is miserable. Yeah, damn sure everybody in the household is going to be miserable because he done brought <laughs> right. them bad vibes into the household. And the same thing with right. me. If if things are mm-hmm. off with me, Mercy will be like, you got the whole house in, in chaos. <laughs> you like walking around. He told me the one day, it was like some um, cartoon the kids was watching. And it was like the girl was like a tornado or something like that. Like she was in a bad mood. And he was like, sometimes that's how you be. Like he was like, you can't just be walking around in a tornado. And he'd be like, you like her here come Hurricane Deveron. Like, just be messing up stuff. Like just, you know, chaotic. And like that just like serves a reminder to me of like, if I'm not doing the work on myself, like it does spiral out to impact my environment and people are in my environment. So, you know, we want to be growing within that. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. The next question is, can you delve into a specific instance where communication breakdowns led to misunderstandings in your relationship? What strategies have you since implemented to improve your communication and understanding? So this is funny because I <laughs> Mercy, when he hear this podcast, he'll be like, really? <laughs> so let me tell you. So <laughs> this is one situation. He said, girl, what had happened was. Uh... <laughs> so I told you about the fertility treatments, right? It was mm-hmm. costly. And at the time, oh, Lord. <laughs> Mercy had... <laughs> decided or he had been invited to a wedding right mm-hmm. meanwhile we're in the middle of fertility treatments and anyone who's done fertility treatments you you will have certain times that you have to do so like if they say i had to do blood work i want to say you start doing blood work like every other day and then at some point in time you do a daily because they want to see if you're like what your timeline is if you're all the lading things like that and then when they find out that you're ovulating and getting ready to ovulate, your time is no longer your own. Like they could call you into the office to do the procedure. Like, and you've paid a lot of money at this point. So you're going to listen to that. Mm-hmm. So Mercy had decided while we're engaging in infertility treatment that he wants to go to this wedding and it was out of the country. Okay. Mm, and I told you okay. already that one, it was costly Two, the procedures were painful and three, I'm literally getting stabbed with needles to check my blood. And I have to jump when they say jump. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, and like I said, we were spending a lot of money on this. So he out the blue says he wants to go to the wedding and it's out of the country. And there's literally not a lot of notice. And I'm looking at him like, I probably could (laughs) have like just poked holes with my eyes at him. And I'm like, are you serious right now? Like, not only am I going through all this painful stuff, like, 
you're literally thinking about going out of the country in the middle of us doing fertility treatments. Like at some point in time, you have to choose like what's more important to you. Now, mm-hmm. as I said before, yes. sometimes interdeveron's delivery, interchild mm-hmm. deveron delivery is not the same way that grown adult deveron will deliver that message. Yeah. So did I say it in that manner? No. Did I say it in a manner that was not <laughs> able to be received? Yes. I'm sure. Did I yeah. get my point across? Hell yeah. But could I have said it in a much better way so that he could understand what was driving those different emotions? Of course. Yeah. So yeah. the way I delivered it was not great. He immediately got defensive because of, of course. how I yeah. delivered yeah. The, the information. And we had a big blowout argument. <laughs> like, you know, I wasn't supportive of him. I didn't want him to hang out with his friends and all this other mm-hmm. stuff, which was far from true because I love his right. friends. If it had been any other time, I'd have like, please go have a great time, take pictures, whatever. I don't care. No, yeah. Not who I am. But at the time, I was just like, come on now, like common sense, right? But mm-hmm. common sense is not what I was, my fears and everything that was going into it, you know, having the prior miscarriage, just the time, the energy, the money we were investing. Mm-hmm. I wasn't talking to him to be reflective of that. I was just coming yeah. out like I was going to bite his head off because why do you not understand that this is important? Why do I even have to explain this to you? Right. Yeah. But I also wasn't thinking like, I wasn't telling him how painful these procedures were. I yeah. wasn't like I wasn't telling him because a lot of times with our work schedule he couldn't go to the appointments and I was fine with that because we needed the money to do the procedure so I wanted him to right. work. You know, and so I would my schedule was a little bit more flexible so I was able to go to a lot of the procedures on my own. I wasn't telling mm-hmm. him those things because honestly if I would have told him half of the things that I was going through, he, he probably, probably would have said like do it. we don't have to do this. Like, you know. Yeah. And and I knew I wanted it, so I wasn't telling him. So here again, I'm getting mad about something that I haven't even communicated to my spouse, right? Yeah. And it wasn't fair to him. And I'm wanting him to fill in the blanks of why I feel like this was a dumb thing, right? For him <laughs> right. to not understand. But it's like, he doesn't even have all the pieces to the puzzle. And I'm mad at him because he can't put the puzzle together. He doesn't even mm. know what the pieces are, right? And some of the pieces are missing. Or that they're missing, right? Yeah. And I'm yeah. Over like, what do you mean you can't put it together? Like, it's common sense, you know? And so, <laughs> again, that's, that type of misunderstanding led to us just button heads, you know? Mm-hmm. Him being like, you know, I wasn't supportive. I was just trying to, like find issues and things that I never told him were an issue. And then I was mad because I felt like I wasn't being seen and he wasn't fully invested in this journey. Right. And Mm -hmm. he wasn't fully invested in me of what I was going through, you know, the hardships that I was going through. And really it was that we just weren't communicating. Like we were not both talking to each other in a manner that we could actually hear each other. And really Mm -hmm. that was the whole issue of the the argument was that we both wanted things and we felt like the other person was not fully seeing us. We were not fully hearing each other. And we felt like our needs were going unmet. 
yeah. which was our own fault, right? Like we, mm-hmm. all, we both played a part in that. So yeah, I will say like that was definitely a lesson that taught us like you have to figure out one, you have to deliver information in a way that the other person is open to hearing it and not yeah. so that they become so defensive right away that you literally could be like the lady off of Charlie Brown, the teacher does like want, 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 like want, 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 they don't right. hear anything. Um, and then the other thing is like, if you keep things from your partner, how are they going to be able to understand fully of what the situation is? Because you haven't shown them the full picture, right? Mm-hmm. And you can't make decisions that way. So right. that definitely was a lesson. But like I said, I was mad. <laughs> we we were mad at yeah. each other. You know? Yeah. It was not good. And, and I think if, if if we're fair, right, you know, like you said, neither one of us were really fully expressing what we were going through. Right. And, and so, you know, and, and, and the thing is you, you, you need those, those situations to happen so you can do better. Right. Like had this not happened, how would you all have decided to figure, figure out the communication piece, you know? Yeah. And now the other thing was, I also found out that he hadn't shared with his his friends that he was going through fertility treatments, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was another discussion that we have of, you know, I was very open and honest with my friends for support. And I was like, you know, it's so important when you're going through something like this that you have some type of outlet, right? Like, you never right. know. And I think he was actually able to talk to one of his friends who confided in him that he also had went through fertility treatments with his spouse. And so he understood mm-hmm. what was going on. And even yeah. the person whose wedding was, was was understanding, like, of course he wanted my husband yeah. there, but he was like understanding. So I like I think that also taught him like you can't carry everything on your own. Like you need to utilize your supports and mm-hmm. and not try to keep everything, you know, internal. So right. we both learned, you know, some valuable ways of, of communicating better and and just making sure that our needs are met, but also, mm-hmm. you know, being vocal about what those needs are to each other, to ourselves, but also to our friends who support us in our actual relationship. You need external people to support your relationship because mm-hmm. the last thing that could happen or the worst thing that could happen is that now your friend's looking at me crazy. Like I'm some controlling wife who doesn't want their friends to be a part of their life. And then they start bad mouthing me or putting you in situations that now challenge or possibly could damage our relationship. Right. Because they have this idea of me because again, they're missing important key ingredients to fully know what's going on. So I feel like it was just across the board. Like we just need to do a better job of like communicating what our, our wants and needs are and, and how to better serve each other, but also ourselves. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. What about I will you? say, f- I will say for us, um, I think that the breakdown has been just not having clear rules on fighting fair. Um, for a long time, we did not fight fair. <laughs> um, and not that there was lots of fights, not that there was lots of like arguing or disagreements, but, um, I think that like what I mean by fighting fair is like, I think um, that oftentimes when you're in an argument or disagreement, the gloves are off. Right. And you say whatever you say, however you need to say it when you, you know, say whatever, like whatever comes to mind. And I think 
And to be fair, I never learned how to fight fear. Like part of it was that. And I think that if I think I know what I know, I think that that's also probably true for him too, right? That that the gloves are off, right? Mm -hmm. Like when we're in a disagreement or we're having a a conversation that turns into an argument, you know, you know, you just say whatever, right? Or, and and I, I would say, we both have been guilty of that, but most m- most of 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 mine is like uh, reacting to things that you know to to things that are being said, and then like shutting down or stonewalling, right? Like just not even I'm just checked out, right? I think if I'm being honest, like we both have probably had moments of of all three of those things, right? And so I think um, I just think that it's important to be honest about what are the rules when we are having these conversations because I, I'm a big proponent of like the way I'm the way I'm spoken to. I'm not like a I, I'm not like this prissy little girl, but like I just feel that there is a way to speak to people, and if you actually want something to get done or you want to express something in particular to somebody. Being brutally, being brutal about it is not going to get you what you want, especially not with me, because I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to do the opposite deliberately. <laughs> like that's, and I'm not saying that that's good, but I'm saying that that's, that's how I operate. Like I'm willing to compromise. I'm willing to, um, you know, meet you in the middle. Like, and this is not even just in my relationship. This is with anybody. Like I'm willing to do that. But if you speak to me in a way that I think is, is nasty i'm probably gonna i'm i'm gonna do the opposite like i can promise you that and so um i will also say that like a huge challenge for me too when it comes to communication is like and again this is not even just in my marriage but in general like if i have a disagreement or there's some kind of breakdown i'm a big overthinker i'm a big ruminator i will like pick apart and piece apart every aspect of the disagreement and trying to decide, oh, I said this or they said this. And this is like, I obsess about Mm -hmm. that type of shit. And that's not good for me. And that's why rules are important because Mm -hmm. that's, it's not good for me. I can definitely have a lot of emotional distress around stuff like that. Um, And so the obsessive, the, uh, the obsessing is not good for me. And it generally does happen when there's an argument or a disagreement. So having rules definitely has helped, you know, and the rules can be whatever you want them to be, right? They don't have to be, um, I mean, it, again, they, you get to decide when I say that you get to decide what your relationship looks like, what your marriage looks like, you get to decide what the rules of, you know, of engagement are when you are, you know, having a conversation, having a breakdown. So whether that means, you know, we only, we need to use I statements, you know, mm-hmm. so that we can focus on how we feel versus, saying you always, you never, because that creates defensiveness, right? Whether we decide, you know, that we're going to make sure that we tap out if we need a minute, if we need to take a break, because sometimes this can be overwhelming, that we give each other that space, um, that we're mindful of our body language, like whatever you decide that your rules are, that's what those rules are. And, And those rules really help to guide you know, the conversation. And this is not to say that you're always going to get it right because you're not perfect. And and I know that we have, we've gotten it wrong. Right. But I truly do think that, um, you know, and, and I will say this, I'm, I'm thoughtful about the things that I say, almost too thoughtful, which 
is probably a challenge. My husband is not so much. You know, y'all, you know him, right? You know him. You know that, you know, that he ain't always the person with the most tact, right? That he can be brutal sometimes. And it's not, it's not personal because he's like that with everybody. Everybody. Right. Anybody I think that that is, that is, yes, that is who he is. And I think for me, that is something that I've been very like, okay, I get that that's, that's been acceptable. And that's, you know, it, it's not acceptable though in this dynamic, right? We need to find a way that we can communicate. And, and I'm, I'm not saying that I'm, I, I am thoughtful, but I am, um, I can definitely shut down. Mm-hmm. And there have been times when like you get in a silent treatment, that's not cool either. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, again, because, you know, it's not cool because at the end of the day, whether you're speaking brutally or you're, you know, you're not speaking at all, you're still not getting closer to a resolution, right? Exactly. And so, and, and so that's the thing that, you know, we have had to come to is like how to, and again, this is practice because I've not learned these skills. I've not learned how to like, you know, express myself in a way that is, you know, meaningful and that I'm not, you know, shutting down and that I'm, you know, I'm not waiting a month or two or 10 to finally tell you how I feel. Because sometimes that's part of the breakdown in communication too, is that you've let things go and you haven't been vocal or honest about how you've been feeling. And then like the straw that broke the camel's back and like, now you're getting 10 months of like shit that I've <laughs> already been feeling and thinking. Right. Yeah. And so it's just been a reminder for me to and again this kind of goes back to being a people pleaser like not wanting to express or communicate my discomfort my challenges my wants my needs or being dissatisfied with something that you've done because what does that mean are you going to leave are you going to like is this going to are you going to think this is too much are you going to think that I'm asking for too much I'm being unreasonable like there's been so much of that and I think within like the last probably year and a half two years I've kind of tried to get away from that and just like, just push through some of the discomfort that, that anxiety, you know, when that anxiety comes up around like communicating, you know? And so I would say for us, that's, we really have, you know, really worked on like, let's create these rules and let's be committed to those rules, you know? And it's, again, it's, you know, we're not perfect at it, but I think that we definitely do try. So. Yeah, I I like the fighting fair. I think that that's that's such a good thing to kind of implement because, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that it's naive to think that when you're in a partnership, whether it's, you know, you're dating, you are committed to each other or you're in a marriage, um, you're going to have times where there's disagreement. There is going to be some yeah. type of conflict, right? And I think like how you handle that conflict is so important, right? Because that mm-hmm. can then again help build that relationship to, you know, again, now you have these new tools that you can then implement in the future. Or it could it could be the straw that breaks the camel's back where you feel like this relationship is not something you want to further invest in, right? Um so mm-hmm. fighting fair is is definitely good because not only does it teach you to fight fair with your partner, but who you're trying to build something with, but also fighting fair with others, right? And in mm-hmm. a friendship you want to know how to fight fair because again, yeah. we're we're not 
you know, these people who act like we did not have these experiences and, and, and just live lives before these individuals came into our lives, right? So we're bu- mm-hmm. bringing in this prior life into this new situation. And so we just need to know how do we then merge those, those paths, right? And fighting fear mm-hmm. is so, such a good tool to have. Because you know what, like, what is their tolerance level? What is their mm-hmm. lines and their boundaries that you don't, you can't cross, right? Um, mm-hmm. How do you need to be handled, right? You know, um, right. you know what, what's a trigger for you? You know, again, like, mm-hmm. you know, having prior trauma experience, you know, it could be that a raised voice literally puts me in the danger zone, right? And, and that right. is something for me. If a man mm-hmm. threatens me or raises his voice, I immediately feel like my safety is in question and Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be responding in a logical manner. I'm, I'm going to be in that fight or flight. Right. So, you know, having that, that information of what my triggers are, are going to be able to help me and my partner have important dialogue in a in a safe enough space where we can have that dialogue and we can, you know, figure out where, what that looks like for us, but where we're not so shut down of this is not safe. I don't want to be here. Like I need to mm-hmm. like get out of this situation because then, like you said, like nothing has been resolved and it just festers and it builds. And so like, I think that that's really important. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up and I'm glad you guys have learned to implement that in your relationship. Cause like I said, I, mm-hmm. I think it's naive to be like, oh, our relationship is perfect. Girl, ain't nobody's Michelle and Barack Obama be fighting, okay? Girl, like... she said she liked that man for 10 years. Girl, what? <laughs> so, like, you know, didn't like him. You know, I, I try not to like look at other people's relationship be like, oh, you know, couples goals, but I'm just saying like everyone, even the people that you know have been married for 20, 40, you know, 50 years, there has been times when, believe me, they was looking at each other like, is this worth it? Like, do I really right. want to go down this path? So I, I think that it's, it's important to have that information of, you know, how can we resolve conflict, but not be so yeah. naive that it say like, oh, it's not going to happen. Because that's a lie. Right. I don't care that's a lie. who you are, unless you married to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you, you're gonna have you gonna come across some type of conflict within your relationship yeah. so yeah you know for sure well i, I think, think we got one more question we do, do i think we got way. one more question i think we do let me go back i thought we did or maybe not let's see oh wait Share your thoughts on the role of rituals and shared experiences in maintaining a strong romantic bond and what practices or traditions have brought you closer. So I'm going to let you answer that. Um, so I definitely think that it's important to have shared experiences. I think we talked earlier about like, you know, I think I talked earlier about like wanting, you know, my husband to have like experiences, you know, with me, but also outside of me. But it's definitely important to have shared experiences um, and rituals. And so, you know, I think that um, having those experiences bring you closer and they allow you to laugh and reflect. And so we definitely uh, we do we do that all the time. So, you know, we bond over things that we both like. But I think it's also important to like engage in things that you don't like that your partner like likes you know what i mean um 
we're definitely, we do have a, some similarities, but we have differences too. Um, but I think, you know, somebody, you know, said to me once that like, you know, when it comes to, you know, in heterosexual relationships, when it comes to men and women, you know, we don't really have much in common. And, you know, I, and, and my first thought was like, well, I don't have much in common with my three-year-old son either, but like, <laughs> I love him. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. I have to choose to like, like to play with Legos. I don't exactly. like Legos particularly, <laughs> but he does. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's the same thing in your relationship. Like, I don't necessarily care for sports, uh, but my husband does, you know what I mean? So I engage, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? You know, and it, it's it's nice when, you know, there are aspects of sports that do pique my interest. You know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm not necessarily a big football fan, but I'm like loving, you know, Deion Sanders and him at Colorado and loving all of all of the like social and political aspects of him being there. And so mm -hmm. we do talk about that stuff. Right. He's not a big football fan, but he loves sports. Right. So we get to connect on stuff like that. Um, and so again, I think that the takeaway is not that you all have to be similar, but like, if you love someone and you care about them, you have to take some initiative to care about those interests that they have. Right. Mm -hmm. so my husband's a big music buff, like loves music, DJ herb, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, loves concerts, loves all that stuff. And so when we first got together, I'm not, I wasn't really, a, I was into music for sure, but I wasn't really a big concert person, mm -hmm. but like, I like that we get to enjoy that. That's something that he enjoys and we get to, you know, we've gone to concerts. We've got to have those experiences. And because he's literally gone to concerts since he was a little kid, like probably <laughs> seven or eight years old, him and Mercy are mm -hmm. going to concerts, you know, MC Hammer and, public enemy like like going to this like and, and so that's his thing right he's you know so he can rattle off 20 30 plus concerts that he's gone to like that's amazing to me so like i'm so invested in like having a part of that you know getting to share some of that with him because that's his thing you know mm -hmm. and so and because i am definitely someone who likes the social and political aspects of certain things that's not his thing at all but he'll <laughs> indulge me a little bit you yeah. know what i mean if that if something comes up like you know he'll definitely indulge me we'll have those kind of conversations um i just think that it's important to realize that you're not going to have similarities however you can definitely have experiences with each other, you know, and the goal is that, you know, you don't have to like what they like, but when you love somebody and when you care for somebody, you, you want to kind of, you know, be a part of their world a little mm -hmm. bit, you know what I mean? And it doesn't mean you have to like, again, I'm not a sports person. I'm never going to be a sports person, but I will definitely <laughs> in, indulge a little bit, you know, because that's something that he likes. Um, and so, but I also think, you know, we also like social stuff, right? So we try to like have people over, you know, when stuff is going on in the city, we try to like get out and we like day drinking. That's like some, one of our things we do that often, you know, so we, while we do have things that we, you know, we have differences and we indulge each other. We also have things that we like and that we enjoy that we'll do together. Um, and so I just, you know, I think that all in all, it's just, it's important to, um, you know, indulge your partner, um, and they indulge you and that you kind of find things that you like together and make those things part of your rituals of, of, of intimacy. Mm -hmm. I mean, romance is great. And, and I think 
the romance definitely changes, you know, over the course of, you know, some years, right? Yeah. That it's not, it's not the kind of romance that you had in the beginning. And I'm not going to lie, like that romance was, was great, but it's, you know, if you're not realistic, you can definitely think there's something wrong with your relationship if yeah. you don't have that level of like intense romance. It's like, it's not like that in real life. No. Like, in real life, you know what I mean? What I think is more meaningful in terms of shared experiences and just having those moments of like, you know, you know, to me, intimacy is so much more important than the romantic stuff. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I like the romantic stuff and at times it is nice, but do you know, intimacy, intimacy to me is like, you heard me say that I've not had a massage in a while and you went and got me like a, a gift certificate to get a massage or mm -hmm. like, you know, that I like you know, you know, this author is going to be in town and you got us tickets to go see this author. Like stuff like that to me is romantic. It doesn't have to be this like intense, like lovey-dovey. And don't get me wrong. Like that stuff is good, but yeah. it's not, it's not realistic over the course of some decades. You know what I mean? Like me and my husband have been together. We, we've been married for six years and been together for 12. Like that's a long time to be with somebody. Mm -hmm. I love him. Don't get me wrong. And I'm in love with him, but it's not, the, the love changes you know when you have like years invested it, it's not that like you know lovey-dovey intense like I can't live without you kind of like love it's, it's not <laughs> like that no, you know and it's not and that's not a bad thing you know what I mean like I, I think that if your love doesn't evolve from that I would probably question it a little bit because I don't think that your love should stay there I think that it it has to change you know yeah um and so for, for me, that's definitely what, you know, our shared rituals and experiences look like. Yeah. What about you? I, I would say like, you know, me and him are into TV shows. And so, mm -hmm. you know, I know. I like, forgot that because we are too. Yeah. I forgot that. Yeah. Because we'll share stuff with you guys that we yeah, watched. And yeah. Yeah. We'll share stuff. So my husband, I know when football season comes up. He is going to be <laughs> a owner of a team, right? You Not an owner. He, girl, he's an owner. He is the owner of some teams. So I know that Saturdays, Sundays, you know, and Mondays are no longer, mm -hmm. you know, a part of the equation, right? I know this. Yeah. Mostly Sundays, you know. He always right. says, Sunday, yeah. I'm off duty. He, he got Not his, him off duty. He got his rosters. He's checking on his, you know, making sure his team people are happy and injury reports. And, you know, he's right. the owner. So I know that. I know that. I accept it. I don't like football. Right. I'm not into right. it. But I will sit with him while he watches his little stupid games. I'll be on my iPad. And that's stupid you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll try to make it, you know, enjoyable for him. Uh, football, yeah. when it comes to the Super Bowl, you know, I know he likes the Super Bowl. I don't care about the Super Bowl. I care about the commercials and halftime. But I'll mm -hmm. make, you know, a little platter, give him some snacks and stuff to make sure he's yeah. having a good time and whatever. I try mm -hmm. to keep the kids at bay, the dogs at bay. So, you know, mm -hmm. that's, that's a, a ritual that we have implemented. He knows for me, I like my lawyer and law shows and mm -hmm. I like my um, supernatural shows <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and my Viking shows. You know, I'm a, I'm a mixture of TV shows 
And when yeah. I start watching a show, a lot of times I'll, I'll go back to watch older shows and I'll like mm-hmm. binge watch them. He hates that, but I don't care. <laughs> I do it. And so he supports me in it. You know, he'll, he'll sit, sometimes he'll just sit there and just hang out with me and let me mm-hmm. watch my shows. He has no care about them right now i'm watching suits and he does not care about oh, it. oh irby's watching that now too girl i think yeah. you, i think you put him on to that yeah watching suits really like it and uh he doesn't care about it he, he doesn't <laughs> have any interest but he will just come and and just be with me you know i'm watching mm-hmm. will of time as well um mm-hmm. He don't care about it, but he'll sit with me. And now, and now it's funny because yeah. now our kids do that as well. So they will come and sit with us if we're watching something. I also like scary mm. movies. Mercy is not Ooh. into scary movies. He always says, "You watching these spirits?" Um, <laughs> but he will. He'll sit with me. You know, I have to watch it during the day. <laughs> with him. But he'll he'll watch it with me. He he will partake in things with me. The other thing that mm-hmm. he a ritual that we have implemented is Mercy is not a dog person. When I mm-hmm. came, I moved from Florida, I told him I had a dog, he met him, Dash. Um, and I said either you fully accept Dash, Dash have full run of the house. I don't put my dogs in cages. Um, so I said Dash sleeps in my bed. Dash sits on the couch. Dash does yeah. whatever the hell he wants to do. We either accept <laughs> that or we he's not coming. Like, and I'm not coming. Mercy right. was, you know, oh yeah, we could bring the dog, but he have rules. Mercy literally them rules went out the window. Mercy would take Dash yeah. on walks. He would be coming up with songs, buying him treats. Like he loved Aww. it. He yeah. loved it. He would tell people that's my son, like, you know, taking yeah. pictures of him and stuff. Um, when he would be out of town, he'd be like FaceTime me so he could see my son, you know, and then we, he loved him. And then Dash passed Mm -hmm. away, which was really hard for us both. And, you know, he was depressed. I was depressed. And, and then I said, you know, I got to get out of this funk. He said, well, what do you need? I said, I need another dog. And I said, can I have two? <laughs> and he was like, oh, I don't know. But then I showed him the picture and he said, okay. He fusses even to this day. I mean, earlier this morning, yeah. he was fussing about him. But he loves those dogs. He does. He'll wake up in the middle of the night, take them out. He comes up with songs and stuff. So, like, that's the ritual we have now, too, is like, I'm a dog person. I'm always going to be a dog person. If I could have more dogs, I would. Um, they're a little bit expensive and time consuming. Mercy told me mm-hmm. if I get another dog, he's leaving me. Oh. Um, <laughs> I try to show him dogs all the time. And he's like, no. He probably but, like, you know, got here. Girl, all the time. But like, that's our, our ritual. And then like, even like, we do family game nights with the kids. And we, you know, we're implementing mm. that. And. You know, him helping me cook, you know, if he wants something, you know, a specific dish, he'll, I'll say, okay, you know, I'll make it. Can you mix up the chicken? Because, you know, I like my nails long. So if Mm -hmm. I don't have my gloves, he'll mix up the chicken for me. So I think it's just like, you know, those little things. And and as we grow, we we implement other rituals. So like we Mm -hmm. now have a gingerbread house. uh, Yeah, we do. 
and mm-hmm. his uh, step, his bonus mom. And so mm-hmm. we did that last year, and, and we are already planning on this year, and we're excited for I that. And then Hershey was something that we kind of came mm-hmm. up with, with my mom and, and we have been implementing that, you know, as a ritual as well. So, you know, one of the things that we have changed is before we had the kiddos, me and Mercy used to be going out to eat all the time. Like we would go, you know, date night all the time, go to different restaurants, really fun, trying different drinks. Now that we got these kids, we don't do that as much, but yeah. we have kind of like changed that a little bit you know we're not going out and then also COVID definitely played a major role in us yeah. going out and about just being like fearful of you know getting COVID and things like that so mm-hmm. we have kind of changed that a little bit where now we go on to TikTok and we will find recipes and then we make them like at the house oh, cool. so, like, okay that has been fun. You know, he made these sliders the other day and they were really good. And I found like different um, Spanish restaurant, like uh, recipes and stuff, uh, sweets and stuff like that. And so like, we'll send each other like, oh, you see this recipe? Like, you know, what about this? And so that's, that's fun. And that's a ritual that we have now implemented. So I think it's just like, you know, I think it's just growing together and Mm-hmm. trying to figure out like what works for us, what, what doesn't work, you know, how we are showing that we're invested in each other. Even when, like you said, we don't, I'm not a sports person, but you know, he has said like, Oh, I want to go to a basketball game. I'm not into it, whatever. But you know, I've, I've been to an NBA game with him because that's something he mm-hmm. likes to do. You know, mm-hmm. just like I have my little quirky things that I like to do and he'll he's supportive of it. So, you mm-hmm. know, I think it's just one of those things where we are invested in each other and, and trying to figure out what we look like together and what we look like individually and how we can support mm-hmm. that. But Absolutely. Yeah, that's something we do. <laughs> well, I all think right. that is all the questions. I think this is a good episode i think that it was we were able to dive into who we are individually but also as a partner and i think Mm -hmm. one of the takeaways for me for this episode is to really just have people think about you know when you are in a romantic partnership whether it be with a man uh, a woman you know whatever um it's really important for you not to forget who you are, but also mm-hmm. it's important for you to remember that that individual is not your property and you want to figure out how you can grow with them um, mm-hmm. and realizing that they were an individual before they came into the partnership and they're going to be an individual even within that partnership. And just like, don't stop being reflective and and trying to figure out things that, are working within your relationship and are not working within your relationship, don't be so, you know, confined to certain ideas and beliefs, Um, especially external people giving you what should be going on in your relationship. Um, Mm -hmm. Because it's your relationship. You have to figure out what works best for you and your partner and, you know, what that's going to look like for you guys. And, other people, you know, external people are going to have their inputs and, and things like that. But at the end of the day, it, it really matters how you and your partner feel. And if you guys are happy with it and you're not hurting, like I said, as long as you ain't hurting kids, animals, or other humans, 
do your thing. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I like the takeaway about possession, right? I, I saw a clip that Lauren London, Lauren London was doing an interview, I think with Angie Martinez, and she said something about that. You know, she obviously she lost her partner to uh, gun violence. And she said like, you know, when you are loving somebody through ego, you know, you are loving them through thinking that they're yours and that you possess them and you own them. But like when you're loving them through just wanting them to be happy and wanting to be a part of the season that you're in with them, like it's a little bit different. And I think that's a really good takeaway. I think the other takeaway too is like, don't be afraid to spice it up and change things. You know, like it for me, I've been, you know, with my partner for 12 years. Like I'm not the person that I was 12 years ago and the things that I even thought I wanted in a relationship are just different now and not being afraid to say that, you know, not being afraid to say like, you know, I did like that, you know, 12 years ago, but like, you know, at year eight, I don't really want that. You know? <laughs> like, I don't five. think that that serves me. Right. Yeah. Um, and not being afraid of like the conflict that could come from that. Right. Because what I have learned is that I, and we'll, you know, we'll, we're going to talk about, you know, friendships too, but one of the things that I've, I've, definitely struggle with is like the fear of conflict, right? And and seeing conflict as like a dirty word, right? <laughs> like running as fast as you can when it comes to conflict. And like what I've learned, you know, through my relationship, through my 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 marriage is that like conflict can be transformative though. And it can be transformational. And it can, you know, create conversations in your relationship that you haven't had before because you were so afraid of what that conflict could turn into and you assume that it is going to always be negative and it can be negative but it could definitely turn into something transformational right where maybe you didn't necessarily consider something you know or you learned something new because you had this conversation and now you're like okay let's make these changes right so I just think don't be afraid to to grow and change and don't you know somebody older in a relationship who's been married for 40 years I respect respect them so much but she said it's all in how you started out and I I used to believe that and then I said if you've been married for 40 years it can't always be how you started out (laughs) because You know, 40 years ago, the things that you wanted, you don't want now. You know what I mean? So it can't be how you, it's it's all about how you started out. It's, it's all about being open that the way you started out may not always be the way you end, right? Exactly. It may not be the way your relationship evolves and you have to just be open to that. So that's the takeaway for me is just be open to like something new, you know? Yeah. I like that. And think about it like a house, right? Like you bought Mm -hmm. a house. And at some point in time, you're going to have to do some type of upgrades within that home, right? The foundation Mm -hmm. is not going to be as sturdy as it used to be. Your roof is going to need repair. Think of your romantic partnership as a house. Like you have to invest in it. If you don't invest in Mm -hmm. it at some point in time, it's going to start falling apart, right? So like you want to be investing in it. You want to be figuring out what works, what doesn't work, what has been here for a long time and maybe needs to be reevaluated. Maybe your water tank or your water mm-hmm. heater is not heating like it used to be, right? That mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you just go and sell the house. It means that maybe you need to look into getting that, you know, 
evaluated to see if you need to do mm-hmm. some maintenance on it or maybe you mm-hmm. have to replace the water heater but you don't throw the whole house away because the water heater is just acting funky you right. have to just like do some reflecting figure out what is working what isn't and just be willing to invest reinvest mm-hmm. in, in your yeah. house reinvest in that structure and just making sure that it continues to be great and i think that that, that is the main takeaway from this episode mm-hmm. so yeah. Really and for those of you who are Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No. no go ahead. What were you going to say? I was going to say for those of you who are looking for resources, the Godman Institute has tons and tons 40 years of research really on good. marriage, really relationships. Good. They have done lots of research not just on heterosexual relations, but they also have done research on gay and LGBTQ relationships. Um, so if you're looking for ways to improve your relationships and you're looking for ways to improve your communication, they have lots of free resources. They have a, a podcast. I don't know if they're doing new episodes, but they have like a podcast they were releasing every day, like a five minute podcast just on some tip, you know, to add to your relationship. I listen to another podcast from time to time called the marriage therapy radio. They have had some really great topics on there. Um, So if you're looking for some resources, books, even like anything by the Godman Institute, you're going to, you can't go wrong. Right. So those would be some resources that I would just throw out there just off the top of my head. Um, But maybe throughout the week, once we release everything, I can definitely look for some more and add them to some of our clips. Um, But those would be the places that I would start. Yeah, and it's evidence-based, right? It's not just where they're just throwing out information. It's evidence-based, which is really important. And I think, you know, again, something you should take into consideration. And I'm not saying that, you know, you shouldn't listen to people who have been down this road, who have years Mm -hmm. of being married. I think you should take into consideration that. But also think of it like social media. A lot of people post the happy pretty pictures that they have edited and all these other things. And they don't really give you the full on view of what it took to get there. And so like, right. If someone is giving you marital advice or relationship advice or whatever, see if they're being fully transparent in giving you that full background knowledge and, and just mm-hmm. telling you like the good, the bad, the ups, the downs. They're not just telling you like, oh, you should do this. And they're not sharing their actual journey with you. Just be mm-hmm. cautious about that. I think that that's important when we are getting, you know, feedback from other people. We really want to hear like, you're saying like, oh, you know, be cautious of this. Well, why are you saying that? Like, what was your experience? How did you overcome right. this? You know, if you dealt with infertil- infertility, um, what are you doing? Like, what? how did you go from there? Because sometimes people will say like, oh, if I were you, I would, you know, get out of that relationship. You know, someone cheats on me, I'm out of it. That might not be your path. That might not be mm-hmm. your belief. Or maybe you start off feeling that way and then you got into a relationship and something, you know, happened and there's different levels, right? There's different levels mm-hmm. of it. And maybe where you thought you would respond in one way, you now have changed that, right? And other people on the outside don't fully understand. Maybe it's not their journey to understand. Like maybe that's Mm -hmm. just something for you and your partner to figure it out. But like you have to just kind of take things with a grain of salt and kind of look at where is this coming from? And are they sharing the full story with you and not just the Mm -hmm. highlights, right? Because 
a highlight can make anything look good, you know? Oh, yeah, that's the point, right? <laughs> right? Like, I'm right. not showing you after that play, I got injured. Like, I got the hell snapped right. out of me. I'm just showing you what right. it looked like from when I caught the ball, right? Oh, did a good catch. Right. But, like, just kind of think about that a little bit and, and try to figure out how you can, you know, apply it to your situation. I think that that's important. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, Tom, I am glad that we had this discussion. Let's kick it off to what we always do at the end. What is one way you are going to soar this next couple of weeks? Yeah, so I am going to soar by, um, like I said earlier, I'm kind of been in my parenting bag, so I'm going to want to finish this book. It's going to be a long book, so I don't know if I'll finish it in two weeks, but I definitely want to um, keep reading it again. It's It's been really insightful so far, um, so I do want to do that. And then because, um, you know, for the business, I have joined TikTok. So I am trying to navigate (laughs) what it means to be a TikTok therapist. So that has been a bit of a, um, interesting couple of, couple of days, just trying to figure that out. Um, but I definitely want to post more and just, you know, find ways to, um, make the most of, of putting out some really good, useful, accurate, you know, information about some of the things um, that I'm passionate about, anxiety, trauma, Black women, relationships, um, you know, all that type of stuff. So I'm definitely trying to, you know, utilize it and navigate through that. Um, So those are are probably going to be the the couple of ways that I want to soar. There's a a few like, uh, like trainings on like how to use social media a little bit. So I think I do want to kind of spruce up on that in the next couple of weeks. Um, So those would be the ways that I will be soaring. What about you? I like that. I will be finishing off my next two weeks with my current position and (laughs) making sure I wrap up that and making sure I leave them with, you know, good work, but also good resources that they can utilize even when I'm no longer in that role. And then mm-hmm. I will be going to my very intimate vow renewal. Uh, yes. That I'm Can't looking wait. forward to. I cannot wait to see everyone and mm-hmm. just like have good vibes and, and just really, you know, live in the moment. I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. And then um, Brian has his first soccer game this week. So I'm excited Ooh, about that. Okay. My other nephew, Brayden, he actually asked us to join uh, his band in um, his school. He's thinking about paying the saxophone. So pray for me. Nice. <laughs> I'm like, he says that he likes jazz music. So we're going to support him in that. Um, and Carmen is getting ready for homecoming. So in October, all of these things I'm looking forward to as well as starting my new position with my new organization in October Mm -hmm. as well. So I'm excited. And then submitting my finalized third time hours to go ahead and get approval for the LCSW and then mm-hmm. getting that approval and passing that test and mm-hmm. then figuring out what my next goal is. So that is how I am choosing to soar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Well, thank you all for being here with us today and and listening to our relationship series. Um, You know, if you haven't, please um, like and subscribe on YouTube or anywhere where you get podcasts. Um, You know, and leave some some uh, reviews. You know, on our on those platforms and on our um, social media pages. You know, we definitely um, have have been really committed to posting some clips and just kind of. Um, giving people, you know, a taste of what the podcast uh, series um, has been. Um, and so don't forget to to do that. We truly, truly appreciate it. Um, this has been um, a really good journey for us so far. So we're really excited of the work that we've been, you know, putting into this. And we really, really appreciate all the support that we that we get and and honestly the the content that we're putting together, we just are really proud of it. So um, you know continue to to follow us and you know um you know connect with us we really appreciate it yes yes and please if you have um any type of feedback in regards to what future episodes you would like us to kind of talk about and unpack we'd really appreciate it like i said our next uh episode for the relationship series will be on friendships which will be a fun Mm -hmm. one if you have some questions that you want us to cover um please you know reach out to us we would love to add those questions into the mix if there is another Mm -hmm. type of relationship that you would like us to discuss um and unpack please don't hesitate to reach out to us but until next time just Mm -hmm. tune in thank you for tuning in and we'll continue to roll out episodes bi-weekly Absolutely. Have a good day. Thank you for tuning in and allowing us to be vulnerable together as we soar. If you enjoyed this episode and are interested in hearing more from us, make sure you hit that follow button so you are alerted when a new episode drops and leave a rating and a review below. Our podcast can be found on all major podcast platforms as well as YouTube. We'd love to hear your comments and how you're choosing to soar these next couple of weeks. Interact with us on Instagram at But What If I Soar as well as on our business pages at Free To Be Counseling Services and at Social MacGyver. Let's continue ascending or gliding even amongst the turbulence.